You're listening to the Student Ministry Podcast. If you're a youth pastor, small group leader, college pastor, or even a parent, this podcast is for you. Whether you're looking for tools and resources or encouragement and wisdom, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back. I'm Kenny Ortiz. This is the Student Ministry Podcast, and I'm recording from the great and beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode number 18, and in just a moment, we're going to be diving into an interview that I had a chance to do with a man by the name of Jeremy Zach, who is a part of uh, the staff team and content development team at Orange, or the Rethink Group, uh, a very popular uh, organization and ministry producing great uh, student ministry and children's ministry content. No doubt there are many of you out there that are probably familiar with Orange and their organization. We're going to get a chance to learn from Jeremy in just a moment. Excited to bring you that interview. Hey, before we get to the interview, a few quick items of business that I want to take care of. Uh, number one, I want to ask everyone to make sure they are subscribed to the podcast. And I know many of you listening to this are already subscribed. Thank you very much. Uh, but maybe you're listening to this on social media, or maybe you're streaming this from our website, uh, maybe you're listening to this in, in some other capacity, but you are actually not subscribed to the podcast. I want to encourage you. Head on over to our website and click on one of those subscription buttons. It'll make it easy. When you're subscribed, it guarantees you never miss an episode because as soon as an episode goes live, it gets to, uh, delivered directly to your device. So I just want to encourage everyone to make sure you're subscribed. The second item I want to ask everyone for, if you don't mind, if you're one of those people willing to leave a review, that would be a big, big help. Uh, if you can head on over, leave a review on whatever podcast directory or or player you're familiar with. In particular, if you're an Apple user, you know you're listening to this on your uh, your iPhone, your iPad, uh, or maybe even on iTunes on your desktop. Uh, do me a huge favor, head on over to iTunes, leave a review or five star rating. Tell the world that you think this is a great podcast. Reviews are a big, big help. Uh, they they are a huge part of the algorithm that Apple uses to, to determine where you appear on the search rankings. So basically, the, the more good reviews we have, the further up the rankings will be, the more people will find the podcast. And so if this podcast has been a benefit to you or value to you, uh, the big, the biggest and greatest way you could say thank you is by heading over, le- heading on over and leaving a, a review. That would be a big, big help. Thank you so much. Hey, before we get to the interview, one other item I want to let everyone know about. Uh, many of you are probably already familiar with this, but I uh, want to let everyone know, just in case you're listening to this and you're not familiar, I have another podcast called Theology for the Rest of Us. Uh, as of today, I think I've got 180 four episodes that are live online, something like that. I want to encourage everyone to head on over and check that out if you've not done that. It's really designed to be a podcast that uh, that teaches theology, but in real simple ways. Again, not for the seminarian or the PhD student, uh, but for the rest of us, the, the regular folk like, like you and I. Or maybe you're not so regular, but I, I feel like I'm relatively regular, and my desire was really to to develop a podcast for the, for the regular person. I believe that could be helpful to you personally in your ministry, as well as uh, maybe a resource for you as you engage with students and young people that have theology questions, maybe you can point them to the podcast. Uh, Really, that's what the podcast is for. Uh, It's kind of a a labor of love. I I enjoy doing it, and I really want it to be a resource uh, for you and your ministry. So I encourage you to check that out. The easiest way to find it is on the web at theologyfortherestofus.com. 
All right, let's get to the content at hand. We're going to be talking about relational ministry, and we're going to be talking about that with a man by the name of Jeremy Zach. Uh, no doubt many of you are probably familiar with the Rethink Group and the Orange Curriculum or the, the Orange Strategy. If you're not familiar, uh, it was developed by a, a crew of people out of Atlanta, uh, launched and, and founded by a man by the name of Reggie Joyner. Uh, he was a big part of Andy Stanley's church. You may be familiar with Andy Stanley. He's a megachurch pastor in the Atlanta area. Well, Reggie Joyner was a part of that church for many years in a prominent leadership role. And then over the years, he eventually launched uh, launched out with, with an organization called the Rethink Group. And they use a philosophy or strategy, uh, which is often referred to as orange. And really talking about the idea of red and yellow coming together. This is when the uh, red, which is which is the heart, uh, or excuse me, uh, red symbolizes the heart of the home. Yellow uh, represents the light of the church. And the whole kind of philosophy is when the heart of the home and the light of the church blend together, we, we get the orange philosophy. And they really package their curriculum and a lot of their resources around helping churches to really bridge the gap between families uh, and the church. They develop... Uh, resources and curriculum uh, for children's ministry and high school students. They recently launched a brand new middle school curriculum. They also now have curriculum for uh, for married people conferences. Uh, I think it's just called married people. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, and so they have again basically an organization focused on having uh, developing uh, not just curriculum but really developing resources to help churches employ a, a strategy which they call the Orange Strategy. They do a large conference every year. I've attended the conference multiple times and have just been really been blessed by it. Learned a ton at the conference. Some great speakers and really is a great resource. Uh, and through that process, um, in my student student ministry experience, I've used this, the the Orange curriculum within our, with our students and built a relationship with one of the, some of the staff people there at Orange. And one of the people that I got a chance to correspond with and meet uh, was Jeremy Zach, uh, who is going to be, and you know, who you hear from in just a moment in this interview. Um, the dude is super smart. He loves youth pastors, love youth ministry. He loves investing. He is a, uh, a part of the core team and the leadership team that develops the content. Um, he does a lot of the relational elements of connecting with youth pastors and really being a resource uh, to to pastors and church leaders, helping them uh, as they seek to you know develop and employ the the orange strategy in their local churches. Jeremy is especially passionate about relational ministry and really has got some great thoughts on things that we can do to challenge ourselves and some great thoughts on why we ought to really be seeking to develop relational ministry uh, within our student ministry context. Uh, Jeremy makes the point that relational ministry really is the key to successful ministry. He really gives some great thoughts as to why so many pastors are sometimes reluctant to be very relational um, and really w w uh, what you're missing out on if you're reluctant to be relational uh, in your student ministry. I really love some of Jeremy's thoughts. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this. Um, hey, before we get into the interview, one other item. I just want to let you know, we had a we had a, a quick uh, or a, a minor audio issue when we were recording. There was sort of a delay. Uh, and so there's several times where I'm talking and it sounds like Jeremy is cutting me off or he, that he's sort of rudely interrupting me. Uh, that's actually not the case. There's just a delay in the recording. I tried to edit it. I tried to fix it, but I just couldn't get it quite right. I was able to edit most of it 
uh, but there are still several moments throughout the course of the interview where it seems like he's cutting me off. But I wanted to make it clear to everyone listening to this, Jeremy was not cutting me off. He was not being a rude jerk at all. He's he's actually a great dude. Uh, there are just a few moments in the interview where it sounds like, uh, because of the delay in the recording and the, the audio issue that we had, it seems like he actually cuts me off and interrupts me. So I want to make it clear that's not the case. That was just my, my terrible technology not doing what it's supposed to do. So uh, I wanted to clarify that. Anyway, all right, with all that said, maybe this is the longest intro I've ever done to any interview ever, any of my podcasts, maybe, I'm not so sure. Uh, It's over eight minutes at this point, I think. Um, Anyway, with all of that said, without further ado, my interview uh, with Jeremy Zach. And we are on the line with Jeremy Zach. Jeremy, how are you feeling today, brother? Doing well, my friend. Doing well. I got coffee in me. I know this interview is in the morning, so... I need some caffeine to stimulate the uh, the brain neurons to, to get this thing going. And now we're recording this on a Thursday morning, which which for many youth pastors, no doubt, is, is a heavier day needing needing coffee after Wednesday nights. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of fun. Uh, well, as as you guys heard me say in the in the intro, uh, Jeremy Zach is a part of uh, the the Orange Group Rethink Group, and a big part of what Orange is doing. I'm a big, big fan, and so uh, really excited to have him on. Jeremy, just give a, give the audience kind of a 20 second version of of who you are and how you ended up to uh, you know to the at the place where you're at today. Yeah, so yeah, Jeremy Zach, my street name. People call me Jay Z. <laughs> uh, no, I uh, been doing professional. Well, I was professional youth ministry in the you know local church for about ten years, and then about two thousand. I transitioned on over to Orange uh, and working alongside student ministries. So it's a very relational position. Uh, and so I kind of help support, connect, network uh, youth pastors who are kind of thinking within the, the, the Orange ethos and trying to think more strategically about their student ministry. And so a lot of large portion of my ministry experience is in a smaller to medium-sized context, which you know, I kind of found my sweet spot. So I didn't have large budgets and large staffs to manage. So I had to kind of figure out how to scale a, a ministry, you know, of 25, 30 kids and uh, what that looks like. And so that's really kind of where I spend my day to day now, which is it's so great with with those types of youth workers. Man, I love it. And I, I having been a vocational uh, youth worker on the other side, experiencing you, Jeremy, I mean, I loved uh, working with you, I felt like I felt like you were really good at being relational. Uh, you weren't just selling me a curriculum. There was it was much more than that. there was a relationship, and so I felt like you li- you lived what you said. Oh, wow. and I appreciate that, man. Dang, that's uh, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I mean that wholeheartedly, man. Oh, so I, I'm excited to I'm excited to hear some thoughts from you about uh, about, about what kind of what makes you tick and and how that really applies to youth ministry and how or children's ministry or whatever ministry someone you know someone you're working with you work prim- primarily with youth pastors is that right that's I'm right yep that's right yep and so um so tell us a little bit about the idea of relational ministry and that's a topic that we have today and kind of really when you say relational ministry what do you mean by that because I know a lot of people may have different kind of definitions and then tell us why that matters to you yeah good question uh so I think there's probably kind of this two approach that to that question. I think for first, there's the ministry of philosophy of what relational ministry looks like, and then there's the praxis or practical 
way of how you design a program or your environment to facilitate relationships in your ministry. So that first piece, I think you have to spend a lot of time uh, critically thinking, theologically thinking about what and how you define relational ministry. Now, um, you know, I, I went to four theological seminary and I got it, you know, some of my youth ministry professors, Kara Powell and Chap Clark, they just hammered us in this and kind of like the incarnation, John 1, <laughs> uh, and the Trinitarian aspect. And I'm sorry I'm kind of going a little theological, but I kind of start there to inform the method. But that in that relationship of God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, there's a triune relationship. And when God, Jesus came into the earth, that was a relationship for him to then partner with with individuals in this world. And so the key piece there is, is that Jesus initiated relationships. And so he had his, his few, and then those few had their few and just kind of spread. And as you see, especially, I think it was Luke 10 after Jesus has kind of like downloaded the DNA of what it means to follow God. Then he was like, all right, see you later. Go get them, you know, go out in the towns. They'll probably cuss you out, but pray for him and just ask how you can meet their need so uh, to me that that really resonated and you know i that's kind of where i've just focused and that you know there's a lot of really great philosophy of ministries out there you know but this is just me i think you know you look at my personality profile i'm obviously highly extroverted i'm, I'm kind of relationally geared towards people and so this model of ministry is really naturally and easy for me and, and I know for some it's not, you know, and so I think through relationship is when teaching happens and when modeling happens. And so I think that was kind of the first big piece for for me to kind of do this because I kind of plopped in the youth ministry world right out the gate of the 2000, 2001, and there was a lot of like programmatic type of style models. And I was plopped into a small church where kids... I was this preppy white kid listening to boy bands plopped in the heart of L.A. with a bunch of kids that were listening to <laughs> punk rock with studded belts who hated me. So I had to figure out how do I gain influence with these guys and not manipulate them because they, no matter if I preached the word or even talked to them, they didn't listen. So from there, I had to really kind of crack the code to try to design a relationship. So that was really kind of my my first kind of test pilot experiment and thankfully it worked okay and that really kind of catapulted me to to where I am today with orange in which I believe you know that is probably one of the solid both and where it really enlarges an environment to go from large group to small group to really kind of help one whenever a student particular student that's probably saying no to God and maybe yes to coming to church that hopefully the lights turn on spiritually at some point in there. And then you can make, connect them not only relationally to God, but with others, other adults and other students. And so by design, that's what Orange does. And so we that's kind of the, the philosophy that we're always trying to download and provide tools and resources and plans to do that. Man, that's some really, really good stuff. By the way, I love that you were willing to admit that you 
listen to boy bands back in the early two thousands. That's hey man. Uh, I, but uh, <laughs> I think it's so true, man. Like I, you know, you you say you you were plopped into this environment and you're looking around at teenagers going, yeah, I don't feel like I know how to necessarily naturally connect with this crew, but but here I'm going to go. I'm going to just dive in and just build some friendships, build some relationships, um, and it doesn't really matter what style of music they listen to. If you show them that you actually care, ultimately most of them are going to be interested in in, in reciprocating relationship of some sort. Obviously, more some more than others. Um, and so I, I feel like I mean, what you just said, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Um, why why do you think though? And I and this may be a a larger, uh, it could be a much longer conversation. Um, but why do you think sometimes maybe some pastors or some leaders in general? Or maybe apprehensive to doing that and kind of saying, "Hey, I'm going to dig in with some quality FaceTime relationships." Uh, uh, I have a couple answers. This may get me in trouble, but (laughs) (laughs) whatever. Um, I think one, it's really hard to like or to try to relate or connect with students that are not like you, in particular those that are actually very vocal and as you know this generation is very anti-authority it's very anti like yo why does this adult care for me that's that's a that's a really rare thing today in this generation the third thing is these students have kind of built a world underneath so really they feel as though you really won't even understand their world because of the pain the darkness the hurt that's going on so that's kind of why a lot when these students say all right all right pastor bob you want to hang out with me i'm going to just bring it on thick i'm going to lay out i'm doing drugs you know i'm sleeping with you know i'm fornicating like basically you do all they go through the seven deadliest sins and they see how that pastor reacts normally the pastor and i'm just as guilty you have this reaction of like, oh my gosh, you need help, you need counseling, you know, we need to pray for you, and we focus on the behavior kind of management side and sin management, but really, you have to see their world from their shoes, and I think that's kind of where self-awareness comes into play, is that, yes, you can't freak out on the outside, but yeah, you can freak out on the inside, I still do it to this day, right, like, when a student drops that truth, when you're trying to build a relationship, because the key thing about relationship is trust, you know, and so um, that's that's the thing. You gotta you gotta find those inroads of trust and respect. And and one of the biggest things is they want to know: Will you listen? Will you not judge? Will you have empathy? Will Will you give me a shoulder to lean on? Because I I don't have that anywhere. My parents aren't around. My friends kind of provide that every once in a while. You know, sometimes my boyfriend or girlfriend will give that to me if I'm willing to give them something. So I think that's where it is. It's kind of crossing this this boundary or this line of it's really dangerous and it's really hard to like other students that are like you. And what's interesting is you look around this kind of the country and kind of student clusters, you know, jocks aren't like the only cool people anymore, you know. So before the ministry models, oh, just go after the athletes and you win them all. Well, you only win some these days, you know, and so there's just 
yeah. this variety of student classes that are coming into our churches and because of the education system there's a you know charter schools and public schools and private schools so students don't have this like core group of friends anymore they kind of have all these mini clusters all around that have a different way of how they express and how they connect and and what they're interested in so when we kind of and we when we say oh all are welcome and then we get a youth group of like a whole different segment of all these different students it, it kind of becomes hard which to me is like you got to find leaders to connect with all of them and that's what the key is because then you not only have to like that group of students but you have to like other leaders who can connect with those students so <laughs> it, it, it kind of goes that not only do you like those students but then you got to like leaders who you're going to pour into who aren't like you who probably don't think like you but they can speak the language of that student and so for me it's all interpersonal there which which does kind of start to rub some issues in addition to the second thing is and you know i the how you think about how students learn or get knowledge is also a piece for me yes preaching the word of god is central and you need to do that i think where it then is planted and rooted is in the context of relationship so that's where it's mm. a two-part transmission there it's the word of god is spoken it's landed and then that leader at non-committed parent adult comes alongside and just harvests it and that may just take a while so that's where i think that's where the key is and and when I say relationships, and I know this is, I'm not talking Sunday school. Yeah, Sunday school is great, but that's just one method of transmission in a classroom setting. What I'm talking about is discussion, coaching, mentoring that requires multiple conversations and not just a one-way conversation, but a two-way conversation. Man, you just said, you literally, we, there could be, <laughs> college, there actually, there are college courses based on the things you just said. Um Okay, so let me you, – you, a couple of things. I, I have struggled – man, this is going to sound really – talking about getting in trouble. This is going to sound really bad. And I don't – just try to be honest with the people out there. Um, I, I People people meet me and because of my – I'm high energy and I'm ex- extroverted and I'm very articulate. I think people – and I'm kind of the life of the party personality. I think people assume that I like a lot of people. I actually struggle to like people. I know that sounds um, – my roommates and people close to me probably know. Oh, no, we know that. We're not surprised. But um, – and so – okay, so you, you mentioned – okay, there's, there are students that sometimes you don't necessarily naturally connect with or, or may frustrate you in some way or another. And But there's still a, there's still an expectation. You want to still invest in them. You want to love them as much – as well as you can. And, that, and that now you add into the mix of other adults that that are telling you that they care – which that may or may not be true. They're telling you that they care about students, and now you now you have to deal with not just managing relationships with students, but deal, managing relationships with leaders that have relationships with students. If, with all honesty, man, that's much harder for me. I actually find it much easier to love and hang out with teenagers and connect with them than I do the the other caring adults <laughs> sometimes. Uh, and so. What are some potential pitfalls? I know I'm, I, I, these are questions that I didn't prepare you for. Oh, no, it's all good. I like um, it. As you're talking, it's making me think, what are some of the potential pitfalls? For someone listening to this, it says, I'm all in on relational ministry, Jeremy. I'm all in on that. I think you're right. But I can't get my group of leaders to, to buy in. <laughs> they show up and they talk to each other or they show up and they don't seem to know how to, to really invest in students and engage. What am I to do? How do I get them 
to, to engage? And what are some pitfalls that maybe you, you saw personally or maybe you've seen other youth pastors fall into as they try to get their leaders to engage? Yeah. Yeah, I think just like with any youth ministry, you're trying to get students to take one step into the faith of God. It's kind of the same thing with as you lead a group of adults trying to get them to take one step to engage with students. You know, it's either caught, it's, it's caught and taught. So I think, you know, with my work at Orange, I've been so fascinated with this kind of question because there's some ministries in which I get to work with and they just have explosive adult volunteer engagement. These volunteers are just doing amazing contact work. You know, they're partnering with parents. They're taking ownership of their small groups and they're having great life transformation. And then there's others that are really struggling. Yes, they both fundamentally agree relational ministry is their philosophy of ministry. But the key piece is, is how that leader is really kind of appreciating and modeling this type of ministry. So, again, it's I, there's not one lie. I wish I could just do here's one tip to come over this pitfall. But it's just... I always just say you just got to have fun like because I think fun and food and time are the three ingredients to really cultivate a healthy leadership team because that mm -hmm. breaks down walls that breaks down and that's another thing like when sometimes leaders come into the church walls they have these expectations of what a leader looks like right and so I have to have all the answers I got to bring my bible I got to like you know be reading Calvin and commentaries and I need to like do my devotions <laughs> and like you know but there's like all these like kind of They've seen other leadership models, so then they come on board and they, you know, they're feeling really proud. And then, like three weeks in, they're like, "I hate my life. I hate these students because it's hard work," you know. Like, and so I think it's 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 cultivating a community of an actual community. And I'm not saying you have to go like hang out with them all the time outside of church. I'm just saying be very intentional to schedule your ministry throughout the year that you carve out some good hangout time that you got to get to know each other. You're having fun, and more importantly, what I found is is that either you take your budget and you dump in about 50% of your budget into your leader, so buy them a bunch of junk, take them out to food, you know, pay for their babysitters, just really appreciate them. Or if not, find some rich gray hair or white hair who doesn't want to help but who's willing to write a check and, and start just giving money <laughs> to the, your leaders and, and really show that you value them. And then from there then you can start to kind of download this mindset of relationships because you're right like relational ministry and teaching adults that have probably been 15 years removed from like the youth culture like that's a really tough ask but educate mm. them on youth culture do a little bit of education and immersion education and immersion get them just a few tips you know for us like lead small is kind of our like our job description for leaders just really five easy ways be present you know partner with parents you know, and we teach kind of these fundamental pieces. It's not rock and side, it's super simple, but just like, how do you be present in conversations? How do you lead a conversation? You know, like, how do you not be judgmental when someone tells you this? Like, how do you build connections? How do you, you know, create conversations online? Just some really simple, practical tools. And you just kind of slowly model that. So it's, it's community and then throw them into the trenches. It's building community with your leadership because that's the thing. Like I, I walk into these ministries because Health breeds health. So if that leader's healthy, if they're modeling, they got great boundaries, they got a great leadership development, and they're pouring in their leaders, like that's just going to spread. And because they see that, mm -hmm. they feel the love, and that's just contagious, and that overflows. So it's not that you have to, you know, 
and I, I hate to admit this, but sometimes in ministry, it's kind of a political game. So you've got to kind of have to pretend like you like them. That's the deal. Like, because that builds trust and, and that builds a, a, a team united front because the goal is to get a student to take one step closer to Jesus. So that's the goal rather than, oh, I feel really uncomfortable talking to Robert, my leader, because he annoys me. So it's kind of, again, it's self-awareness of self-correction and saying, kind of having to remove your ego. Actually, and, and, and Henry Nouwen is just, I love this author. He has, it's called The Thoughts About Christian Leadership. One of his biggest things about leading other leaders is that you have to really remove your ego. Removing your ego and theological reflection are the two biggest things that are going to get yourself out of the way in order to kind of like move what God's wanting to do. So I think those are the two big things. That's that's a big thing. So in summary, I know I just, dude, Kenny, you asked such great questions, and I just keep talking, and I'm so sorry because you said eight minutes. We're probably at 80 minutes, so I'm so sorry, and the coffee's kicked in. So, But I would just say health breeds health. Hang out. Have fun. It takes time. If you're two years into this and your leader, you still are not getting good, I would reevaluate where you are and what you're doing and find a solid leadership development type of model or content to help develop your leaders to keep moving to engage them relationally and you can connect with me. i got list upon list i'm like a resource junkie so i have list upon list so you can reach me out twitter jeremy zach at j-e-r-e-m-y-z-a-c-h have me on facebook we can start that conversation and go from there i love it man and so what i the overarching thought or one of the overarching thoughts amongst many that you you laid out there is Man, if, if I myself want my, my people to, to buy into relational ministry, to really, we're not just doing a program, but we are here to build relationships, I got to really empower them, equip them, and challenge them to do that. And then ultimately, I got to model it. I mean, if I'm not doing it, they're not going to do yeah, it. Yes, good, man. Thank you. You summarized that. I should have just started and said that. Thank you for perfectly <laughs> summarizing my vomit. I love, I love the thoughts, <laughs> man. Um, and so, you know, and so, it, it, you know, as, as we're winding down our time and just thinking to myself, um, you know, we, when we talk, you, you mentioned lead small. We're going to want to get to that in just a moment. Um, and so the, the overarching thought of like, hey, I'm going to have a relationship with X amount of students, but, but it doesn't matter how big our youth ministry is or small, it doesn't matter. Like I, I can't connect with all of them. I, <clears throat> I can only do so many. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so what, what's, the, what's the average number based on the research you guys have done? Is there a number that you would say? Hey, here's a here's the range that we recommend, and a caring adult kind of try to invest in. Like we clearly know the number's not two hundred. Like no adult has the bandwidth to, to hang out with two hundred students on a regular basis. Um, what is the range, and 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 for and maybe and how does it differ if someone is married with kids? How might that be different versus the twenty two year old college kid who wants to help you out? So is the question how many students a, an adult can kind of manage from from a commitment to kind of do this relational ministry? Yeah, yeah, in, in general, g- general terms, yeah, what's the kind of number you would say, hey, man, if, 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 if you can get, you know, your adults to, to invest in the lives of X amount of students, that, that you're going to be winning in a lot of cases? Yeah. You know, is there yeah, a range? I, you know, in an ideal world, and, you know, I, it's 8 to 12, but, but that means you got to have some, a lot of leaders, if you're running, you know, a ministry of 50, right, you probably need 
at least six. And, you know, sometimes we even talk about co-leaders. So you have two leaders, you know, so it's, so, you know, that there is, that is a big, you know, some, you know, and even you look at some of the sticky face stuff, you know, they even argue like you need five committed adults in, in the life of one kid, you know, and that also includes teachers and coaches and leaders and church elders and all that. So, yeah, it, there is this big ask, right? But from a practical side, like, you know, I, like you have a roster of about maybe 20 students that you can assign and, you know, we can talk about how do you kind of design and arrange and create kind of this, this relational ministry or lead small kind of culture to kind of get this set up in terms of a structure. But I would say probably eight to 15. And then assuming, you know, you get a leader, a, a roster of 20 to 30 and every given either Wednesday night or Sunday, 15 of them are showing up. So I, that's what, I, that would be, some framework that I would suggest in terms of the ratio to students to adults. Um, before I let you go, Jeremy, get, give your give our audience a little bit of the idea of kind of of the lead small philosophy. Give us kind of the, the 30 second like idea of like what is lead small? You mentioned it. A lot of people are probably familiar with it, but give us some thoughts. Yeah, it, it's really it's really this relational ministry piece. So it, it's basically to to lead your few to then kind of multiply your efforts within your ministry so it's that you get your few which is your small group students and that you just constantly just have this relationships and you're downloading the teachings you're connecting them with both on church and outside of church and you're really kind of beginning to prepare them to move out so it's not this it's not hey these are my these are my few for the next eight years you know no you're actually trying to get them to be healthy, functional Christian adults. That's the goal, to move them out. So it's um, it's just a really simple, easy, that's the biggest feedback we always get. It's, the, it's you know, because small group leaders are so busy, so it's this really short, easy, practical book that just talks about it. And in addition to, we got an app, we got leader resources to really kind of help drive and to coach and to prep and to equip and to appreciate small group leaders kind of all really around the country man and I, I have personally as a youth pastor used the lead small I, I use the app which is awesome it's free and if you're someone you need a, an app to help you kind of just keep track man i loved it i had all my students names in there contact info their favorite candy <laughs> bars parents of like i mean i used i used the lead small app like crazy all of my leaders used it uh, it was great um, and, and if, and if you're also a subscriber to the orange curriculum, you can feed that into, uh, the app, you can customize it. It's great. Uh, Jeremy, I've taken way more uh, of your time than I fun. told you I would today. Uh, but, but what, one more item, just give everyone a, a 30 second overview of the orange curriculum. So, you know, orange curriculum really is kind of the strategy for preschool children's and students, um, and for what the end that I work on is the XP3 side, which is the student ministry strategy for Orange. And so really it, our curriculums are, are so engaging for trying to connect with this next generation and to equip the parents to help kind of get after this in next generation. So really all of our curriculums influence students, parents, and leaders, and we design an environment to communicate less is more and to cue up that that relational leader that small group leader to be the superhero and so that's everything we do so it's basically we give you so much graphics and content and 
equipping pieces for parents. We give that to the student pastor to make him or her look like a superhero to then design it and to customize it and to implement it into their current context to do and flush out this strategy. I love it, man. And and again, if there's anyone out there that, that is thinking about potentially using a curriculum, it really is more than just a curriculum. It's it's a philosophy, a strategy. I, I love that you guys do all the, the other stuff. Yeah. Like for me, preaching is my favorite. I love the sermon prep. I could do that all day. It's my favorite. But 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 the thing that you guys do that 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 are valuable for me that was so valuable was the uh, you come up with some of the series titles the graphics the what to post on Instagram the the bumper video and, you know, the, those sort of things um, you know th- those are the sorts of things that you guys produce the kind of the all the extra stuff the packaging that that made us look really good and really did set our our, our small group leaders up for success the small group questions. Uh, it, you know, our small groups leaders are really the heroes in the lives of the students, and Orange played a huge it's part of that. So funny, we were uh, we were it, sitting in a meeting, we were kind of like kind of reflecting this because that's the feedback we get. We always and we were joking, we were like, we pull all nighters so you don't have to. <laughs> that's right. Thank God for thank God for people like that. I wish I had that in college. I know. Oh, I wish, me too. I was like, gosh, I wish I had this everywhere in my life. <laughs> yeah, we're. Where is the uh, yeah? Where is the uh, the orange curriculum for yeah, college right? students that need paper? <laughs> uh, Jeremy, man, this has been some really great stuff. I really appreciate yeah. your time. Hey, if anyone listening to this wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them? Yeah, to do why that? don't we start on you know Twitter at Jeremy Zach? Find me on Facebook. Shoot me, and we'll start there and see what you know how how I can help, and then you know set up a call or video i'm again i'm pretty relational so i always prefer the conversation to really kind of understand where you're coming from and what we're doing so let's start with twitter and that is and we'll make sure i have all that information both for jeremy and for orange in the show notes for this episode jeremy zach great catching Thanks, up Jenny. with you thank you so much for investing in the audience all right man. we'll talk to you late And there you have it, my interview with Jeremy Zach. Loved getting a chance to connect with him and catch up with him. Also loved that uh, that you guys had the chance to hear from him and, and learn from some of his wisdom and his experiences. Uh, I believe that was valuable. Hope that uh, hope that was valuable for you. Uh, I really love the point that he drove home that, that relational ministry really is the kind of the key to successful ministry. I love that he challenged us to just say, hey, this is hard. I love the point he made that you know, it's really hard sometimes uh, to really be relational and connect with students that maybe are not like you. You know, we all know that there are uh, certain students in our ministry that we connect more than with others, uh, maybe just because they are similar to us or they have similar interests or we just like their personalities more or, or we just think they're cooler or whatever. Like for, for a variety of reasons, we all have certain students that we like more than others or that we prefer more than others. We have our own kind of inclinations and preferences of the type of people we sort of gravitate toward or, or that or the type of people that we end up attracting to ourselves and and that certainly plays out in student ministry to some extent as well. Uh, but I love that his challenge of just, you know, 
the, and the importance of we as leaders in student ministry being willing to push past that and to really look for opportunities uh, to be relational in our ministry, to really connect with people, even with students that maybe we don't necessarily like or we wouldn't naturally connect with or maybe they're so different than us, um, really looking for opportunities to be relational, to connect with them. I also love the heartbeat uh, of Jeremy and the whole team there over at Orange to really, to really pour themselves into a few. You know, let, let's not try to reach the masses uh, let's just take a handful of people, a handful of young people. Let's invest our lives in them, and let's really decentralize the ministry leadership and the power structure. Like, let's not it, not it shouldn't be all about just the one leader, but really bringing in a group of adult leaders and a, a group of small group leaders and and many caring adults to be a part of the ministry and really empowering leaders within your church context, within your ministry, uh, to step in and to allow them. Uh, to, to be the heroes, so to speak. It doesn't have to be about you, the primary leader. It can it, it is actually more effective if you allow your small group leaders and your other caring adults to be relational and to really share the ministry load. In the long term, our ministry will be much more effective. And so those are the things that I kind of got out of my conversations with Jeremy, not just this conversation, but many conversations I've had with him and some of the other people at Orange. Uh, one of the main reasons I love them and what they do and their philosophies is really because uh, at the core of what they do, they want to challenge leaders to be relational with students and they want to challenge the the primary leaders, the pastors, the church leaders to really invite other caring adults into the story to share the ministry burden, to, to really decentralize ministry leadership. And Orange does a great job of really equipping and resourcing church leaders to do that effectively. Love the ministry, love what they're doing. And I highly encourage you to check out what they're doing. Head on over to their website. Um, it is one of the curriculums that I have personally used and certainly endorse uh, wholeheartedly. Big, big fan. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Zach. Thank you for spending time uh, investing in our audience. If anyone listening to this, you want to connect with Jeremy or the Orange team, head on over to the to our website and look at the show notes for this episode. Jeremy's contact info and the Orange curriculum info will be in the show notes. So head over to our website, studentministrypodcast.com. Look at the show notes for episode 18. And there in the show notes, I'll have all the info or you can get a hold of Jeremy and find, uh, get more info about the Orange curriculum. And then, of course, while you're on our website, uh, you can check out all the other resources there. I've got a bunch of recommended books, blogs, uh, and uh, podcasts, and a variety of other resources that are there on the site. Want to check that out. Again, the website is studentministrypodcast.com. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I am super grateful for uh, all of the listeners. Hey, if you have a question or a topic that you would like me to address on the podcast, feel free to shoot me an email. Or if you know someone that you think would make a great interview guest, maybe yourself, maybe you yourself think you make a great interview guest, I'd love to hear from you as well. Shoot me an email. The address is heyortiz at studentministrypodcast.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at studentministrypodcast.com. If you would like to connect with me personally, the best place to do that is on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music for this episode has been Actionable by Ben Sound. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been the Student Ministry Podcast.